0: The NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free bet. Download WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Hey! welcome to the nba gambling podcast i'm your host ryan rich fat baby mckee it is thursday august 12th and this is an episode i didn't even look at the episode number what episode number is this scott quick uh, we're in the 300s i'll tell you that month. we're in the 300s jesus we are really rocking and rolling with these episodes uh if you don't recognize his voice that is scott rochelle the man from the radio i mean you're a professional radio broadcaster how did we get so lucky to have you on here
1: Uh, I have no idea. Uh, Good timing, I guess.
0: Good timing. Uh, Yeah, we caught you on your way up, and you caught us on our way down. That's how things sometimes work. Um, Anyway, how you been? I haven't talked to you in a while.
1: Uh, Doing pretty well. I was going to ask how you were doing. The last time I saw you, the Phoenix Suns were still alive, but I
0: don't think you want to talk about that. Uh, I definitely do not want to talk about that. I um, was in a real bad place. I talked about this on the last podcast I was on. it's, it's not a good, coincidence.
1: Yeah, it's a weird coincidence. The Suns lost and then you randomly went on vacation for a couple of weeks.
0: <laughs> well, I, I did take a mental vacation just from the NBA. Uh, and I, I, I didn't really check in with sports gaming podcast very much. That is true. And then I actually took a real vacation that I had scheduled for months away from work work. So, uh, yeah, it is a little weird timing, but I swear uh you know i'm 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 okay emotionally now and i'm ready to jump back in things i'm already thinking about next season very excited about free agency and what implications that has on futures betting also summer league is here very fun to watch very difficult to handicap but we are going to talk about that and any advice we have what players really look good and uh yeah it's been it's been fun cuz it's it's great to see the second-year players who didn't get to play in Summer League last year because it was canceled due to COVID really come out and dominate. Have you been uh, enjoying watching Summer League at all?
1: Yeah, I've been diving into it a little bit. I was very fascinated by the double overtime rule, which I did not know existed, which was just sudden-death basketball, first team to score wins. And you actually had two games go to double overtime yesterday. I wasn't aware that was the case, but I was intrigued by it. I've been trying to watch some of the rookies I watched Suggs play yesterday. I've seen, I watched Jalen Green and Cunningham go at it the other day. We'll talk about some of the rookies later, but I've been watching it a little bit.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so I am, we're going to first kind of talk about free agency, but from the standpoint of how it moved the NBA championship futures for next season, because obviously Vegas thinks that uh, those teams are the more or less winners of free agency, or at least are a public enough team to move their odds to be favorite. And uh, Scott, you wrote down some winners and losers that you have, and then we'll get into Summer League. Gonna be a lot of fun. Bang, bang, bang. We're gonna do a quick episode. Not, you know, I don't know how long this will go, but I've been busy. I'm on a lot of caffeine, so uh, I'm excited to get going. Uh, your Brooklyn Nets. I'm seeing them at plus two twenty to be uh, the championship winner next season. They're big moves. And then I'll let you just kind of go off on your nets. Uh, they added Patty Mills and they traded for Javon Carter. They lost Dimwitty, Jeff Green. They lost Shamit for Carter. You actually traded Shamit to my Phoenix Suns for Carter. Uh, we can talk a little bit how we feel about that emotionally as fans. But how do you feel about what the Nets have done in free agency, in trading, uh, to improve their odds? Well, first of all, we
1: didn't trade him for Javon Carter. We traded him for a first-round pick that just so happened to include Javon Carter in the trade. There's a little bit of a difference there.
0: But looking at... Nope, I think it was all Javon Carter that you guys wanted.
1: I'm sure. Anyway, uh, but looking at the Nets, I thought they were one of the biggest winners uh, from the offseason, not even trying to view it from a fan perspective. But anytime you have arguably the best player in the entire league, and you're able to re-sign him long-term, I think that's definitely a huge win for the Nets. There are also some rumors, according to Sean Marks, they're close to re-signing Kyrie and Harden. And I feel like you'd agree with me, the most important part about keeping three superstars together is actually keeping the superstars together. So if you're able mm-hmm. to do that for more than one or two years, that's definitely a massive win there. Now, we, you talked about Dimwitty. They traded him because they were going to lose him anyway. He was a free agent. But they did pick up an $11.5 million trade exception in the trade, which definitely should factor in around the trade deadline in the next couple of months, but ended up drafting Sharp and Thomas. Thomas is a pretty, I don't want to call him a ball hog, but he's a very confident shooter, let's put it that way, and Sharp should provide some frontline depth there, which was a huge issue for the Nets last season. Patty Mills I thought was a great addition because we know how good he is as a bench point guard sixth man type, and as a whole, I really like what the Nets did. I didn't think they reached on many guys. I thought that they kept it smart. They stayed to the game plan, and they pretty much seemed to have all three superstars happy, which is the main objective there of building a super team. I thought they had a great offseason, and I feel like they should be favored to win the title because I think we would agree had Kyrie not gotten injured, even with the Harden injury, they probably would have beaten Milwaukee in five or six games, which means they probably would have won the title anyway. So I think they're the
0: best team. I don't know. I don't oh, you, you want to argue phoenix yeah, yeah, yeah okay I know <laughs> no, even, though, okay. even though the
1: nets fared pretty well against the Suns of the regular season but the point is no, is they that they gave the i would have killed him. yeah they gave the eventual champions all they could handle and that was with harden being well less than 100 this is the best team in the league i don't think it's really close but that's just my opinion on it and i thought they didn't do enough i didn't do anything to rock the boat
0: which is a good thing because when healthy this is the best team in the league. Do you touch that number at plus 220, though? That is a heavy favorite for at this point in August, August 12th. That's a
1: pretty heavy favorite. I wouldn't do it. I think that this number is not going to change whether you bet it now or bet it in either September or October. I don't think this number is going to move because how low can you actually move the nets or people start betting it? I mean, you can talk about Golden State during their dream run where they made the finals every year for what felt like about 30 years, but it was actually like five. But they were, what, the lowest was, what, plus 150, plus 125? I mean, they're going to be plus no matter what. I'm assuming that you're going to have them maybe dip to 175 lowest, but as long as the Lakers don't get injured,
0: I don't see them dropping below 175. Okay, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing you the excitement of Win Las Vegas to an online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Download Bet and win, that's W-Y-N-N. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Again, download, bet, and win. You need to download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning this is the premier sports betting experience so stop dabbling with those other losers and go to winbet.com let's talk about the lakers since you just mentioned them they're the next favorite here uh i've got them at plus 370 right now that moved from the end of july when they did some signings that moved from plus 410 down to plus 370. That could keep moving. I'm not sure. You're right. It it really depends on what. uh, I mean, two very public teams in 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 Brooklyn and the Lakers. I mean, Lakers even more of a public team. But uh, the big moves, obviously, a lot of noise being made. They added Mello, Dwight Howard, Ariza for some uh, crafty veterans. Kendrick Nunn. Uh, they re-signed Caruso. Re-signed uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. Obviously,
1: Caruso left. He went to Chicago.
0: Oh, he did? Fuck. Yeah, I, read I that went wrong. to Chicago. I am an idiot. Okay. They got That monk, is though. embarrassing. Uh, Westbrook and then they pretty much swapped uh Drummond for Howard and Schroeder for Westbrook in a way by uh letting Drummond and Schroeder go. And uh, also gone is Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Montez Harold, and Markeith Morris, who went to Miami. Uh I mean they got older. Is that good? Well,
1: the way that I was going to describe it is that everyone loves their off season. If you just ask around, you search up winners and losers on the Internet, they're all, they're all going to tell you that the Lakers had a great offseason. Maybe it's just me. I think they had a good offseason. I don't exactly think it was amazing by any standpoint. And I'm not sure if it's because of the fact that now instead of having two aging superstars who get injured all the time, you now have potentially three. Because Westbrook, I know he plays with such a tremendous amount of force and intensity, He's had a fair share of leg injuries over the last couple of years. Are we sure these three guys can actually stay healthy? But that's a separate point. To go through the supporting cast, I like the moves. They're barely paying any money for Howard and Mello. They got Malik Monk on the minimum, which is completely ridiculous. That's a great steal for them. Kendrick Nunn's also a good addition for the three-point shooting. Wayne Ellington as well. But the offseason starts and ends with Westbrook. I mean, you can talk about all the supporting cast guys who might play 15 minutes apiece. The real question is, is the spacing going to be terrible with LeBron and Westbrook on the court? Not to mention her ability issues. And I have concerns late in games when LeBron wants to go hero ball or pick and roll. If you're a defender, why would you guard Westbrook in the corner standing at the three point line? Yeah,
0: uh, you know, I think this is to me, this feels more like a, a high win total regular season team. And then they flame out in the playoffs. I wouldn't touch this number as a, uh, for a championship, maybe for the Western Conference winner, but it's still too low to even fuck with that right now when so much can still happen.
1: I'm picking them to come out of the West. I think they're the best team in the West. But having said that, people just want to pencil them in to win the title guaranteed because they got Westbrook now. I don't exactly think it was a great addition. I understand that Westbrook's very talented, but he's also a very flawed player and he's not getting any younger would you have preferred the Lakers potentially have gone after Buddy Heald? Because that was the other alternative that the Lakers could have had before they ended up going, I don't want to say all in with Westbrook, but it feels that way. Can we just acknowledge that even though Westbrook's the much better player than Buddy Heald, Heald was a much better fit with this overall roster?
0: Yeah, he's a better fit. Um, Yeah, you know, I know there's a lot of Westbrook super fans out there. I, I like Westbrook, don't... but he can't shoot. And you know that
1: LeBron and AD won't have the ball in their hands I, I just think it's a terrible matchup with all three of them
0: together make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code sgpn for a free 25 dollars. that's right sign up now for a free shot at 1 million dollars so download the app and sign up at underdogfantasy.com promo code sgpn and when you're downloading the underdog fantasy app make sure to download the sgpn app it is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss an app review and download the SGPN app today. The Warriors and Utah are are really the Warriors and Utah should both be better. I agree. Golden State, I have a question mark next
1: to because I'm not sure which Clay Thompson we're actually gonna see because he's had several leg injuries, hasn't played in a couple of years. I think it'll be good, but I am willing to hit the pause button a little bit before proclaiming the warriors dynasty to be back because I kind of want to see clay Thompson, a actually step foot on the basketball court and b stay healthy for a full season. So I feel like a lot of people already want to pencil golden state in is saying they're the team that's going to rival the Lakers. Can we see them actually play a game together for the first time in about two years? First
0: Is that too much. 11 asking? to one. Their odds are 11 to one right now. To I like the, the odds,
1: but I'm saying you should probably wait and, and see how they're going to look and how clay's going to look, especially, which I think you'd agree is fair.
0: Do you put a little bit on that, though, now? For the Warriors, I don't think they're going to win they the added, title. They added Iguodala, Otto Porter. Uh, you know, they drafted Kaminga, which shouldn't help them this year, probably. They uh, also added uh, Bialika. Uh, I like that addition. I mean, he feels like a very warrior player. and if they get anything from clay Thompson and they're going to make the playoffs at least
1: they will. Uh, Truth is if you want to take another team to win the West, I would take the warriors. But when it comes to winning the title, this warrior's team's not winning. If if you just match up the Warriors against the nets, I think the nets will win the majority of the time. I think the nets are a really bad matchup for the warriors because of the fact that the nets can put Durant at center. And I think golden state has absolutely no answers for that. So I don't think golden state's going to win the title. If they're up, up against the nets, but I think they can maybe beat the Lakers if they get hot from three.
0: Fair, fair. Uh, Jumping to the jazz, since you just mentioned them there, the uh, sixth favorite, uh, as far as odds to win the championship at 12 to one, they're pretty much just running it back with the addition of uh, just, they got, they swapped uh, Niang for uh, Hassan Whiteside, essentially in free agency and uh, added Rudy Gay, um, and then re-signed Mike Conley. Got 33-year-old Mike Conley, uh, 35-year-old Rudy Gay. They're just kind of getting older. Do you like any of those moves? They're trapped.
1: There's really no other way to put it. You're paying Gobert basically a supermax, and in the playoffs, he's unplayable at times. The truth is that Utah will never attract high-profile free agents, even if Dwayne Wade's a part owner of the team, whatever that means. But you're looking at the roster. Donovan Mitchell's very good. We know that. We know Gobert's very good defensively. But in the playoffs, he gets exposed every single year and you're paying him too much money and you can't attract free agents. So they'll be fine. They'll probably be a four seed or a three seed, whatever. And they're probably going to lose in either the Western Conference semis, the Western Conference finals. Am am I missing something?
0: No, you're not. The only thing I would add is I don't understand why they added for a backup center, Whiteside. He is just a really poor man's version of what Rudy gives you. I mean, yeah, he that's fair. he doesn't have an outside shot he's not going to be able to be playable in the playoffs what what is that decision
1: i don't really know besides giving you add a rim protection if something hypothetically happens to go bear but we all know if go bear gets injured this team's screwed anyway so i don't think it really matters who the backup center is do you
0: yeah. do you think it matters that much no that's that's fair it's just i i thought that maybe they would add somebody with an outside shot who maybe has still had some, you know, just a savvy veteran who could hit from outside and give them some rim protection to maybe, you know, spell uh Gobert in the playoffs. Would Kelly and, Olenek count as a
1: type who might have fit that mold? Because you're, tra- yeah, you're talking I about think, centers with outside shots. Olenek, I guess, counts somewhat, even though he's kind of a powerful.
0: Olenek could have been. If they could find somebody like a brick Lopez, I'm not saying there's a lot of those players out there, but yeah, great. I mean, I, I just think, Going for Whiteside instead of maybe holding out for somebody like that is, it was a mistake.
1: I like them getting uh, Jared Butler in the draft. Yeah, I don't see Doesn't it helping helps? them this year though. No, I'm just in general. Utah, as yeah. I said before, they need Gobert to be good, but Gobert is not good enough to help them win a title, so they're literally
0: trapped. Yeah, uh, so I would much rather take the Warriors at eleven to one, and then I would the Jazz at twelve to one to win the title. Um, also, the last. Team in the top six, as far as odds go, are the reigning champion, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, They added George Hill, added Grayson Allen. They have added Rodney Hood, uh, Semi Ojale. I got to say, they, at least on paper, look like a better team. Am I wrong?
1: I think that you can make an argument. Milwaukee was very fortunate, of course, that Brooklyn got injured last year because they probably would have lost the series. The question that I have for you is, do you think that they were fortunate to get a pretty easy title route? Or do you think this team's actually good enough to beat a gauntlet? Cause I know Giannis is amazing. I'm aware of that. Drew holiday is great defensively, but he was awful offensively in the entire finals and Middleton had some good moments, but he also had some stinkers. So my question for you is, do you think Milwaukee, if they have to face Brooklyn and if they have to face the Lakers, Are they
0: good enough to win the title? My answer is no. No. And I wouldn't bet them at eight to one with their at right now as well. They, of course they were lucky to get a, uh, you know, have as many players as were injured, injured, there is something to be said for, you know, uh, not having players that got injured. It's not their fault. Uh, same thing with the Suns. I know a lot of people just say, Hey, they had an easy walk to the finals, but, uh, you know, they kept their players the fresh, and uh, that I'm, in itself. I'm giving Milwaukee.
1: I'm yeah, I'm still giving Milwaukee props for winning the title. I'm not taking away from them. I'm just saying, if you're talking about them running it back, you got to assume the route's going to be significantly harder than it was last year. And plus, even though Philly lost to Atlanta, I would have taken Milwaukee to beat Philly anyway because Philly is a team I'll never touch to win the title as long as Embiid and Simmons are on the same roster. So I think Milwaukee would have beaten Philly anyway. But we can agree that it should be harder the second time around.
0: Yes, but if I'm a Nets fan like yourself, this is the team that I'm most scared of. It seems like they improved in the places that can hurt you. I mean, they could put Giannis on Durant. Giannis is one of the very few people who has a chance at least slowing Durant down. Now they have Holiday, Grayson Allen, George Hill, who is a step slower, but still a good defensive guard to throw at Harden and Kyrie. What do you think? Truth is I'm not scared at all. Milwaukee. The only, the only person that scares me is
1: Giannis because the Nets literally can't guard him, but everyone else holiday did basically nothing for the majority of that series. If not all of the series, Middleton was great in the last couple of games, but you can talk about PJ Tucker being a Durant stopper, whatever that means, even though Durant went for basically 50 and two separate games of the series, he's not there anymore. And Giannis barely guarded Durant at all in the entire series. Who are you throwing in on Durant the majority of the time? Is it going to be Giannis? Is it going to be semi ojo I think they have some serious problems when it comes to matching up against Durant, but the one guy they're, that scares they're gonna me.
0: Ha- Giannis is going to have to step up. He's going they, they, to have they, to. They hired Tucker to be a Durant stopper. That was a failure. Tucker didn't really help them that much in the playoff run. Or, you know, he's like the MVP of the parade afterward. Very funny videos coming out of that guy. Loved him in the uh, celebration parade. You know, he used to play for Phoenix, love him as a player, but I don't think he did much for this team during that title run.
1: No, and people make the argument, well, he made Durant work for his points. That's great. It usually takes work to score 45 points in a playoff game anyway. So I I didn't think Tucker really provided much besides toughness, but you're talking about the Bucs and how they can give the Nets a run out of all other Eastern Conference teams. I would agree with you, but the one team that concerns me as a Nets fan is the Lakers. I just think if the Nets stay healthy, they're going to smack Milwaukee.
0: Okay. Last team that we are going to discuss is so they've had the biggest uh odds movement is Miami Heat. They added a bunch of free agents. They moved from I think 35 to 1 down to like 15 to 1 and then you said that they just bounced back up which I don't understand. So go ahead, give me your take on Miami.
1: I love the offseason for Miami. The question is are they good enough to get over the top? But regardless they probably have the most definitive identity in the entire league because you can tell that they're going to try to play a physical brand of basketball. I wouldn't say it's a 90s level, but let's just say that if you go to the lane for a layup, you might end up on your back because you have a team here that has an identity with Lowry, with Butler, even with P.J. Tucker, who I know we just roasted a minute ago. He still provides toughness. You bring in Morris, who's also not afraid to punch somebody in the face for taking a layup. I like the toughness that they have. And of course, the Pat Riley team, that's something that you kind of grow accustomed to, that they will have a definitive presence. And I do think that even if Miami talent wise isn't good enough to maybe beat them, to beat the Brooklyns and the Milwaukee's of the world. The one thing I'll give them props for is that they are a team that if your team's facing them, it's going to be
0: a pain in the ass to deal with for about seven games. And I think that's all I can ask for. You and you didn't even mention Oladipo, who they got for veterans minimum, which I know also a question mark. Yeah, play can be very good, prove it, but he can be very good. Yeah, we've seen him, uh, what people think he's done before, and him uh, really bounce back strong.
1: You have any thoughts on the Robinson contract? Because I know that he's a great three point shooter, I get it. I don't understand how he's paid that much because he cannot guard anybody, and besides shooting threes, does he ever dribble the ball? I, I know that he's going to help you space out defenses and everything.
0: $90 million. People were all million, over it. Yeah. Over five years. Um, I, I think that that is a reasonable contract for him because he is signing. arguably one of the best uh, floor spacers in the league right now. You're right. He, he, can't, he can't dribble. He doesn't even take that many 2.3 uh, field goals, but he doesn't need to. That's the game right now.
1: I'm just saying you're going to pay a guy $90 million over five years and tell him you're going to come around screens and space the floor. But if you are missing your three point shots, kind of like a Joe Harris situation with the nets in the playoffs, he's practically useless. Is that fair?
0: That's absolutely fair. That but sounds like a game. They, they were able to pay him plus Lowry plus, you know, the, keep Oladipo get Marcus Morris, like get, uh, It's a great
1: off season. I'm just pointing out the one signing with Robinson or the re-signing. I think that contract's ridiculous, but maybe I just don't fully understand the going rate for three point shooters. I just feel like Robinson as a guy, who can space the floor and shoot threes only. You could have found some cheaper alternatives. What's the number you would take them at right now? I see a book that has them 28 to one. I think it's worth a shot. I think this team, even if they play the nets, I think physically they can try to dominate the boards and they'll make life miserable for teams in the half court because they'll slow the pace down and they will play physical defense. And you know that defensively, this should be a top three defense in the league. And I think that it's a no-brainer they there'll be a top three defense in the league.
0: You? Uh, yeah, I, I like that number at grabbing them at like 21 to one. Did you say 21 to one, 24 to one? What'd you say? I see 28 to one. But I think if you, if you if you Definitely find anything- like if you find anything above 20 to one,
1: I think they're worth a shot because they're a team that has a lot of experience and barring injury, you know, that this team is not going to back down from anybody. And that's something that you can make an argument about Philly and if Philly has backed down from challenges in the past. And when the going gets tough, they tend to fold. Miami's not going to fall with Butler and Kyle Lowry leading the team. I think you'd agree with that.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Last team I want to touch on before we go to summer league and uh, our thoughts on betting summer league this season. Uh, The bulls made a lot of uh, noise. I'm seeing them at, you can get them at 70 to one light right now. Is that a good long shot?
1: I think that they're not going to come close to winning a title, but they should make the playoffs. So if you want to talk about if their odds will reduce during the course of the season, they should But Do you like Billy Donovan as a coach? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Because I was going to say that I know that some people don't. I think he's a mediocre coach. But the point is is that if you're going to be buying in on a team, then again, you make an argument that most people don't like Budenhoser and he just won a title. So I'm not really sure how much that factors in. But the Bulls, I'm not going to pick them to win a title until I've actually seen them make the playoffs. There's a chance that they can be this year's Atlanta. Shock some people, make some noise. I like Vucevic a lot. Levine looked really, really good last year. And he also looked really good during the Olympics defensively, especially, mm-hmm. but I like their overall roster. Does it bother you that DeRozan Rosen and Levine are both kind of useless off the ball? I mean, I have I, to ask because they both are going to want the
0: ball in their hands a lot. I get it. I get it. And certainly you're asking Lonzo to not have the ball in his hands as well. And his three point shot while better over the last couple of years is not like necessarily knocked down all the time. It almost makes me wonder if the Bulls might look to trade Levine. I think they're going to keep Levine.
1: I just think that he means too much of the team because there is an upside there that they see as him potentially being a top 15, top 20 guy. Do I see him being top 15? No, but I think that's the hope for the organization. I think there's a chance they might flip the Rose. If they think that maybe a team might want him in a year or so when his contract's expiring, if they could potentially flip him for something, then maybe they'll do it. But all I know is defensively, Vucevic, never a good rim protector. Levine was better in the Olympics, but of course, in the NBA, he's been a pretty underwhelming defender. And DeRozan's been a historically bad defender his entire career. Are we sure they can guard anybody?
0: And now just another quick break for a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. The Summer of Soccer continues on Paramount Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy, Serie A, Argentina's of Division, the Brazil Yor, or the NWSL, the Asian Veteran Football Conference. Confederation and the Concult qualifiers. I'm sorry. I butchered all of those names. I love soccer, but I can't say any of it. I am so dumb when it comes to that. I need to get Paramount Plus and learn how to do it. Featuring the stars from the U.S. and the Mexican men's national teams, plus much more. It's all the best of the beautiful game with beautiful names like Messi, Mombapi, Ronaldo, Rapino, Be part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game's Live here on Paramount Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial and stream every match live. So, okay, let's get to Summer League. Uh, you said you've been watching some. Um, we were talking a little bit before the podcast. I find a real hard time handicapping Summer League. You just don't know who's going to play. You, a lot of teams don't take it seriously necessarily. Um, they're not necessarily trying to win. They're just they're just trying to vet their young talent. And so it makes it hard to actually bet it. Now we're degenerates. So of course we still are going to want to bet it. So we're going to talk about just some theories behind betting. it. I don't have any uh, definitive picks for you because I don't even know who's going to play tonight for sure. Uh, Some players that have looked really good are the second year players who didn't get to play in the uh, summer league last year, but had some NBA experience. Desmond Bain looks really good. Uh, quickly uh Obi Toppin looks great Pe- pre- uh, Peyton Pritchard my guy Jalen Smith didn't get a lot of run in with the suns looks pretty decent leading uh after two games leading in rebounding um what who's really stood out to you well I'm gonna look at the rookies because you mentioned the second year
1: guys the only issue I have with second year guys evaluating them it's good for betting but a lot of them are just too good to actually be in the summer league and the teams haven't realized. Like quickly should never play in the summer league ever again. We we already know quickly is too good for the competition. Is
0: uh, is that fair? He's doing whatever he wants out there. They can't guard him. Yeah, I mean, sure. I think it's it's fair that he's out there for the for the Knicks. I mean, it's great because uh, you know he didn't maybe he had times where he got a lot of run during the season, but they want to see him as a as the player out there to establish what they have in him.
1: Correct. I'm just saying that there are a couple of guys when it comes to backing teams that you can tell this guy is clearly the most talented guy on the court by far. And it's not even close quickly. He's been one of those guys. You can just watch him every game and you can tell that nobody can stay in front of him. but I'm going to look at the rookies because I feel like those are the main people that teams are looking at for summer league to see if they early prognosis hit a hit a gym or they're potentially hit a, they potentially hit a bust which takes me to one team that I really like, and they actually have odds if you want to bet on who's going to win the summer league title. Portland's the big favorite right now at around plus 240. I like a team that's at six to one. I really like Houston. I think Houston has two guys who I really like from the first round that they ended up getting. Jalen Green, who, in my opinion, was the best player in the draft. I thought he was better than Cunningham coming into the actual uh, league. And so far, it's through two exhibition games – I think Green looks better, but he's averaging 24 points per game, shooting 51.7% from the floor, 43.8% from the three-point line in two summer league games. He's been fantastic. And yeah. you want to comp- you want to talk about who the other guy they have is, Alperin Sangoon, who they ended up taking with the 16th pick, 18 points per game, 11.5 rebounds per game, four blocks per game, 46% from the floor. Now, 46% could be improved. I admit that. He's also shooting about 68% from the line. So he's a pretty decent free throw shooter, but you pair him with green, each getting 20 to 30 something minutes in summer league. They got a shot to win the title. Yeah. So
0: I really like what Houston's been doing. You, well, here's the, we, yeah, we did not talk about this before the podcast and I had them written down as actually the team, uh, the number one team I wanted to focus on because I've watched both of our games uh, I'm an ASU guy as you can tell from the hat I'm wearing right now. You're on the listening to this podcast, you can't see it, but uh uh Josh Christopher um you know, uh, he's more of a project than the other guys that they took in the first round, Sengren and Jalen Green, but he I think he looks great too. I mean, 14, in two games, 14 points, plays 27 minutes, a little raw, but I like the way he moves. I think that he has a though, lot of potential. Defensively, though he he can move. He this guy can guard yeah. people. He's good. Yeah, he's good. And I think that this feels like a bit more of a young like AAU team of guys that are, that are super talented that have just been thrown together. But another thing I wanted to mention with the Rockets specifically is not every team tends to take summer league that seriously. But if you look at the historical NBA summer league data. As far as overall wins, you can get a sense of consistently, which teams actually try to play their best players and win games. The Rockets number one overall record 42 and 21 in NBA summer league. The next closest is the Celtics at 30 and 19. This organization tries to win. I love that pick as a future. I would, I'm going to be betting them in individual games as well.
1: I like Jalen Green going into the year to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, The two people that I actually liked were going to be him and Jalen Suggs, who I'll get into in a second. Cunningham, I think, is good, but I thought going into the draft, he's a player who is very solid in a lot of areas, but athletically, I don't think he's elite, and I think that's a bit concerning at times. I still think he's a good, solid, safe pick for number one, I think you'd agree with me that the upside for green, I feel like is higher than the upside for Cunningham. I think green could be a scoring title leader. Like I think green could average 30 points per game in a season. Absolutely. I,
0: I think green, I mean, I think both players have the ability to be top 10 players. I like, I like I'm Cunningham more excited about, I'm more excited about green. Also.
1: I feel like Cunningham is a guy who can make his teammates better, but he also needs decent teammates around him for his team to be successful. And I can see that in summer league, but as a whole green just looks like a guy. He just looks like he's going to uh, make several all-star teams. He's going to have a lot of highlights. He's going to be able to make big shots and big moments and he's fearless. And I think that's something you look for in a guy. And the fact is, I think playing in the G league is probably better competition than playing against college guys. What do you think?
0: I agree. Cause you're, you know, Playing against grown men. Yeah. I absolutely think that that and we'll probably continue to do sh- as more and more players become accepted to go straight from high school to the G League. We'll probably see that play out even more so. So you're right. I do like that. I'm seeing Jalen Green at plus 450 for uh, rookie of the year odds right now. Do You like that? I have to like it. I think he's the best rookie talent wise
1: in the entire class. Yeah. Uh, Suggs eight to one. I'm tempted. I'm curious how they're going to divide up the minutes between him and Cole Anthony. I watched a bit of Suggs yesterday. I saw the poster put back dunk and everything. I can't believe Toronto took Scotty Barnes over him. I don't know what you're thinking. You're, you trade a Lowry. You have the replacement. He's right there. All you have to do is take him. He was a can't-miss prospect. You saw him at Gonzaga. He did so many things well that worst-case scenario, his floor is a good depth piece on a winning team. And yeah. his ceiling is a potential all-star. I think Suggs is tremendous. I, I Nothing I've seen in the summer league has made me change my opinion about him from college. The guy's just a baller. I, there's not really much for me to add.
0: Yeah. Another rookie that almost looks like a veteran out there, uh, Davion Mitchell, 15-1 to 1 odds to win rookie of the year. I mean, there's some opportunity for him there in, with the Kings. It's not like the Kings are super deep. Well, the issue I have with him is... He, the only
1: place they are deep is in the backcourt because they still have Buddy Healed there. They still have Halliburton. They still have Fox. I'm concerned that Mitchell's not going to get enough minutes, and especially if you're going to be taking him to win a rookie of the year. I think he's a very talented player. I love him at Baylor, but at the end of the day, I do think that there are a lot of mouths to feed in that backcourt for Sacramento. I wouldn't pick him to win the rookie of the year, but I do think he's going to be a very solid player in the league for a decade or two. Now
0: it is time for everybody's favorite segment, Crystal Ballers, sponsored by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sportsbooks. Head to PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP for up to $500 in bonus casts. Now I am looking into my crystal ball for my favorite NBA future bet available on PropSwap and I found it. It was easy to spot. I am looking at the Miami Heat to win the 2022 NBA Championship. The price is only $45 and you get over 27 to 1 odds. That is so much better than anywhere else you can find it. I'm looking at the Action Network's NBA Futures where they have all the different uh, sports books, and what they, they're saying the consensus right now is 24 to 1 for the Heat. So you're getting great value there. Some places have it all the way down to 18 to 1 20 to 1. So Over 27 to 1. Great price. $45 to win $12.75. That is awesome. Miami, as Scott and I talked about in this episode, had a great, great free agency season. They look like a dangerous team. They have their identity. I love that bet. For just $45, you can win over $1,000. Better odds than anywhere else you're going to find it. So, remember all your favorite futures, make sure to head over to propswap.com and use promo code SGP for up to $500 in bonus cash. Uh, What are the Celtics odds right now to win summer league?
1: Well, the uh, Celtics odds are also six to one. They have another guy who I think is probably too good to play in the summer league. Aaron Neesmith, 33 points. I I feel like he kind of came on a little bit at the second half of last year. And once again, I mentioned it before, for summer league betting, you always have a couple of guys, first glance, you can tell, this guy's probably too talented to be in this league. And I think Smith might be one of those guys. I We already talked about quickly, we talked about Toppin, there's a couple of guys around there. The Celtics, you talked about their overall record. There's a team that, uh, in the past, that this team likes to try, organization likes to try in the summer league. not they got an audience to My favorite team is still going to be Houston, but I'm not going to argue with you if you want to put a sprinkle on the Celtics.
0: Yeah, I would actually, uh, that was going to be my advice, sprinkle both the Celtics and the Rockets, Bet the Celtics in individual games as well. Speaking of guys that are probably too good to be in summer league, I think Peyton Pritchard is in that same ballpark. I mean, he's leading in assists right now. He looks great. He uh, was good from the outside. Uh, They have Carson Edwards, Romeo Langford, and Bruno Fernando, which I know these guys weren't lighting up regular season NBA floors, but those are all second-year players who have real NBA floor experience. They're going to be playing against a bunch of nobodies. That is definitely true. Now, Edwards,
1: of course, made a splash in the NCAA tournament with Purdue. Extremely undersized. So he also is a little bit ball-hoggy at times. And with that many good players, we mentioned Neesmith and Pritchard. I would kind of appreciate a less is more mentality from Carson Edwards. You don't have to shoot every time you get the ball, but I like him definitely as a scorer. I think this team has a lot of talent, and I think they should end up making some run once they break into the summer league bracket for whatever you want to call it. I don't even know. But Portland at plus two forty, I want to talk about. I get that yeah. this team is good, plus two forty in a summer league. How how are you supposed to bet plus? I don't get in a that league? at all. Why Doesn't make any Why? sense to me? Why are they the overwhelming favorite? Uh, Because people just like the overall roster and they've looked dominant so far, but so is Houston. And so is Boston. I'll stick with those yeah. two teams. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, anything else from summer league before we get out of here? For the most part, just two guys I want to talk about who've looked underwhelming. Wagner 10th pick for Orlando, which I thought was a disastrous pick because it was 10th pick or 8th pick actually but he was in the top 10 anyway. Yeah,
0: he was in the he top was 10. He was
1: the eighth pick. He was the eighth pick. Anyway, but I didn't like him in college at all, and I was shocked he was projected to be a top 10 guy. So far in the summer league, 7.5 points per game, 40% shooting from the floor, 11.1% from three. I I don't want to call him a bust already because we're two games in. I just didn't like him before he ended up enrolling for the draft. I just don't think he's very good. That's just my opinion. If you're looking at some guys for rookie of the year, you might think maybe might, worth, might be worth a shot, an underrated guy. I don't think Wagner's any good. Am I Am I missing something?
0: No, I mean, I think he's a project. I think he is, you know, they're looking at him and his defensive ability, which is, doesn't ever show through in summer league. I'm not going to say he's a bust. You could say it's they reached early. for him. He, he just yeah, looks awful. But. Yeah, he does not look good yet. Now, who is the other player you wanted to mention?
1: Uh, the other one was Oklahoma City. Uh, they ended up taking Josh Giddey with the sixth pick. It's a little bit of an incomplete grade because he only played five minutes. Two points, no rebounds, no assists, ankle sprain. So he got injured in five minutes of action. I'm not going to call him a bust either, of course, because that's just crazy. But when you take the international guy, which people consider a reach, and he's already getting injured in his first summer league game, I'm not going to say that it's an immediate, you know, code red situation but it's something to monitor. Would you agree? Or that's still a little bit premature.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's premature. A lot of people were surprised when they took him where they did. Um, You know, the, this OKC front office, they do what they want. They don't seem to care about what anybody else thinks. They love Uh, European prospects. Yeah, they do. I mean, maybe they, maybe they try to like impress everybody a little too much uh, with how smart they are, but I don't know. I I don't have an opinion yet. I feel like it's, he's going to be a project, uh, and they don't want anybody that good right now. They don't want to win games.
1: I get that he's older, but you can't tell me that Giddy's going to be better than Davion Mitchell. I I just don't see it. I, I think Mitchell is a solid player.
0: It's still early, yeah. so Giddy can no, prove no, you no, wrong. No. But yeah, I don't know the thought process behind that for sure. Uh, okay, let's get out of here. Thank you so much for talking. Plug all these things you have going on.
1: All right. So uh, besides the editing that I'm doing for the NBA gambling podcast, the golf gambling podcast, and the MLB gambling podcast also have a radio show. And it's also now a podcast that I co-host called winners and winers radio. I do that with my co-host Scott Steen over there. So if you want to hear me talk about daily sports, talk about betting lines on every single game during the course of every single weekday, I got you covered there. But other than that, happy to be on the show.
0: What have you got going on in your life what about you well check me out at the ryan mckee on twitter and uh, i am running the action network's youtube account as well as the fantasy labs youtube account i producing and editing a ton of video for that so please go over to youtube subscribe to the action network subscribe to fantasy labs it's free plenty of free picks and uh, you know I'm not saying stop going to sgpn Lots of free picks there too. get everybody's feedback and, uh, make sure to subscribe to, uh, NBA gambling podcast. There will be a new episode every Monday and Thursday going forward in the off season, plenty to talk about still with summer league and, uh, trades coming up and futures. So, uh, you know, just because it's almost football season doesn't mean you have to stop thinking about the NBA. Uh, Scott, thanks again. Talk to you soon
1: b basketball